الحمد لله رب العالمين والصلاة والسلام على سيدنا محمد وعلى آله وصحبه وبارك وسلم تسليما كثيرا إلى يوم الدين أما بعد As we go through this life there are many issues that we have to deal with and I think one of the most difficult things are when calamities, difficulties when things don't seem to be going right when that afflicts us and that's just an essential part of this life that that's uh, what what happens in this life uh, it's not something that the majority of us can avoid at some time or another there's going to be some kind of difficulty some kind of calamity things are not going to go as right as as they as they are in fact according to <coughs> according to um some understanding uh, if things are going too well and we're not really getting better in our faith then that actually could be a delusion and that could actually be just Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala giving us respite until another time until a time when we become even more indulgent so that's something to be concerned about what I want to speak about today are two um, concepts which are you can say opposed to each other and we need to understand both of them so that we can be successful in this world Firstly, there's this concept of jaza and shikwa. Uh, jaza means restlessness. And restlessness, what we're speaking about restlessness is when a person is restless and they're not content. Uh, they don't have patience and they are constantly agitated uh, for the wrong reasons because they think that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is not taking care of them. They think that things are going too wrong, things aren't going the way they are. And then that leads them to shikwa or complaints. So what we've got is we've got the concept of restlessness, frustration, um, despondency, which leads to complaining against Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And the way some scholars have defined that is uh, in Arabic, they're saying, which is the non-ability to tolerate or deal with calamities when they befall us. So calamities or difficulties, whenever we're afflicted by them, if we don't have the ability to deal with them, tolerate them, um, understand how to go about them. That's the main thing, I think. Uh, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala speaks about those who are patient in the Quran by, say, by saying that those are the people who are truly guided. And the reason why they're truly guided is because they know how to deal with anything that happens in this world. The Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said, Ajaban li amril mu'min. Such a fascinating affair it is for the believer because when he does good, then that it, uh, when, when no when when a calamity hits them and they make sabr that's good for them and when they're in prosperity which means when something good happens to them and they're thankful they do shukr then that's also good for them and if you if we're to survey our lives we'll see that it's going our situation is going to be either one or the uh, or the other it's going to be at some shade of this or the other so if a person doesn't know how to deal with calamities and they become despondent restless hopeless and frustrated then it means that they are in this state of jaza which is the opposite of sabr and patience and that means that they don't have the ability to uh, to find the way in this world and they they don't know what to do next it's, it's, it's essentially like if you uh, if we're driving along and suddenly the car breaks down and we just sit there in this restless agitated state not knowing what to do then that you can you can um, correlate that state to this. However, 
if you know immediately what to do uh, that you uh, uh, you know open up the uh, you know you you get the spare tire or if, if it's a, if it's a tire blowout if it's something else you call somebody immediately you're trying to do something you're calling out to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala you you've got trust you've got uh, you're not restless yes you're a bit uh, you're a bit troubled obviously because it's a trouble it's, you know nobody likes to break down uh, somewhere but at the end of the day you know how to deal with it or you think you do so you're not restless you actually go and you you do something about it and most likely in that case you can do something positive about it now imagine that if that happened and we just go totally the wrong way and you just sit down and uh, you, you know do do something even worse you can imagine that that kind of a parallel if we look at the calamities in our life it's just like a car breaking down right if something else happens to us as well we know how to we should know how to deal with it and um we should call out to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and that, that's that's what we're speaking about here. So jaza or restlessness in Arabic uh, refers to uh, not having the ability to tolerate or deal with uh, calamities and difficulties and then over and beyond that وَإِذْهَارُهُمَا قَوْلًا أَوْ فِعْلًا So that's what the ulama say that uh, then you express them, you go around telling everybody about them, you uh, make a big deal out of them either in statement or in action so you know you're you're constantly in misery or you're always showing this depressed uh, attitude uh, th- th- this is that tadajjuran right in this state of uh, <clears throat> in the state of complaint or uh, uh, or the state of restlessness and not really showing that you're you're in control so it's tadajjuran more it's like you're annoyed that that's the worst part of it to show annoyance with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And although a person may not be directing their annoyance to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, not being able to deal with calamities when they come and not being able to deal with them properly and correctly and showing annoyance, even though we're not really directing it to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, that's essentially what it is. Because every calamity comes from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. The word musibah itself uh, means something that hits the mark. So the that means a calamity, if it's coming for us, then it's coming for us. We need to uh, to know how to deal with it, and we need to know that Allah Subhanahu wa Taala intends this for us, and we need to then speak to Allah Subhanahu wa Taala to deal with it. So showing annoyance is is going to be a major problem. And then the opposite the opposite of this state, right? The opposite of this state is called sabr. So that's what sabr is. Sabr is not to be annoyed, not to be, not not to express it openly in a way of complaint however if a person wants to go and express their problem to a counselor to a friend to the doctor to a physician to an expert to a specialist there's nothing wrong with that because all you're looking for is solutions so so when when it says that you shouldn't express your musibah you shouldn't express your calamities it's saying don't do it in an annoyed way don't do it in in a way that uh, seems like you're becoming despondent and you're complaining against Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala but if you do it to get help then there's nothing wrong with that so that that's completely fine so then it's it's sabr and sabr essentially means normally we understand sabr obviously as being patient uh, in calamities that is one of the major aspects of sabr and patience nafsi anil jaza. That's that's essentially what it means, which is to control the self from not becoming agitated, control the self from not becoming restless, and falling down into a complaining mood. That's what sabr means in general. In in this sense, it's it means for a person to become strong. In uh, another meaning of sabr is that a person is has the strength to go against the uh, 
the shahwa of the nafs. A nafs desires something, so instead of that, the person is uh, having patience instead and not falling into the, the vain desire that uh, where, where they may take them. Uh, if, we, if we look at the human being, that's what the human being is all about. There's a number of things about the human being that differentiates us from the angels and from the the animals. If you look at the animals, their state is they have shahwa bila aql. What that means is that they have just desire, uh, uh, a need to fulfill something, to eat, to you know, to eat, to uh, to fulfill themselves in some way or the other without aql. They don't have intelligence. They're not intelligent beings, right? So animals and beasts, they are shahwa which means desire without any intelligence. So they, they don't have reason as such, right? You know, try to reason with a cow, you know, try to reason with a camel. It just, it just doesn't work. You know, they have to be driven in a particular way. They have to be trained otherwise. The angels have aql bila shahwa. So the angels are totally opposed to beasts, which means that they have aql, they have, they're fully reasonable intellectual individuals, right, beings, and they have no shahwa, no desire, because they follow whatever Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala tells them completely. So that's, uh, that, that's the angel. Then the human is actually a cross between the two. The human has both. So they have aql and they have desire. But we're told how to deal with it. So sabr is actually the tool. Patience is the tool that will keep the, the aql over the shahwa. So desire is there, it's necessary to have desire as well, but it needs to be directed by one's aql, by one's intellect, and that aql needs to be nurtured through the sharia. So just uh, so, so we're not speaking in an agnostic uh, or in an atheistic sense, where we say that uh, you know somebody should, should intellectually govern their desire, uh, but the inter uh, at the end of the day, our intellect is going to be nurtured and tempered by whatever we believe, our theology, our understanding, our uh, our belief system, right? So our belief system needs to be uh, correct so that our aql will be used in the right direction. Otherwise, an unfettered reason, unfettered uh, intelligence, unfettered uh, aql is also problematic, right? So <clears throat> that is why for us to become proper human beings and to live up to that fact of being an insan, our aql needs to overcome our desire and our shahwa and that, that that's that's extremely important so that we're more closer to the angelic side than to the beast uh, the side of the beast allah subhanahu wa ta'ala uh, allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentions hisab. now that is to tell us the the value of patience now you know i'm telling you about patience right i'm telling you about patience but you're probably wondering um what do i get out of being patient I understand that it's it's the higher calling. I understand that it's the higher level to reach. I understand that it's something uh, that that is of a very noble level. But why? What, what what do I get out of it aside from the nobility? I mean, there's a difficulty in place. I'm facing. I'm confronting difficulties. So why are you telling me to make sabr? What do I get out of making sabr? Allah Subhanahu wa Taala, you'll see the amount the amount that he has. Uh, the amount of uh, virtues that he has mentioned, the excellences, the rewards that he has mentioned for patience is quite phenomenal. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, for example, إِنَّمَا يُوَفَّ الصَّابِرُونَ أَجْرَهُمْ بِغَيْرِ حِسَابِ Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gives the patient ones their reward بِغَيْرِ حِسَابِ He doesn't say that for many things. بِغَيْرِ حِسَابِ He says that for fasting as well. That أَصَّوْمُ لِي وَأَنَا أَجْزِي Fasting is for me and I will reward uh, directly for fasting. The reason is that fasting is also a sabr. Because it's sabr from uh, three of the main things that a person is so accustomed to. Food, drink and intercourse. So because uh, fasting has a major component of sabr 
and sabr has a great reward attached to it. And the sabr, the, uh, the Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says that sabr for the sabirin, their reward is bighayri hisab without account. What that means is that he can give as much as he wants. There's no accountability for it. Nobody's going to question anybody uh, about how much reward Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gives to somebody who is patient. Right? So, um, and, and the reason is that sabr is a very individual thing. Sabr is a very individual thing. It's not like, okay, I've made my salat. So a salat is essentially made up of two units, three units, four units, four rak'ats, this many. You know, in, so you've absolved your obligation. Okay, then you've got some patience with it. You've got some, uh, you know, um, some other spiritual aspects to it. But the main thing here is that when it comes to sadaqah and zakat and hajj and everything else, the rewards can be weighed of that. But when it comes to sabr, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, I'm just going to pour it on them. That's what the ulama mentioned. يُصَبُّ عَلَيْهِمُ الْأَجْرَ صَبَّ يُصَبُّ عَلَيْهِمُ الْأَجْرُ صَبَّن Which means that um, the reward will just be poured onto them. Right? Without indiscriminately poured on them from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Such, it'll be to such a degree as mentioned by some of the ulama is that the people who didn't have many difficulties in the world, the people who didn't have many difficulties in the world, when they see this pouring of uh, of reward uh, on a person who used to have difficulty but made sabr, the, 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 these people who were constantly in well-being and didn't have to really deal with many calamities, they would have, they would desire at that time that their bodies in this world uh, would have been totally cleaved to bits and torn to bits so that they could have made sabr as well because of the reward they will see afterwards. Now I know when we mention this, it's not easy to to do. It's not something that necessarily makes it so uh, it, it's not something that is so easy for us to do in this world it might be something that we might think later on right but unfortunately because of our level of iman we're we're probably not at that stage to think this way although some of the sahaba they were willing to go this far right and some of the uh, some of the great people of the past some of the pious individuals they do have this level but unfortunately we love ourselves so much uh, in terms of immediate benefit immediate virtue that we find it very difficult to, uh, to 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 entertain these kind of thoughts at this point but what it does do for us at least if it doesn't get, take us to that level at least what it does do is that if we are in any calamity or difficulty right inshallah this will help us right these kind of things do help the believers you know this is all a reminder for the believer it's all a persuasion for the believer right that inshallah we will have some of this reward even if we're you know we're not willing to have ourselves cut to pieces Right in the sake of Allah, you know, in the path of Allah Subhanahu wa Taala. But at least, at least, uh, we, having some sabr will give us this, inshaAllah. So anyway, that's that is what's mentioned about the people of uh, uh, difficulty, what they will feel in the hereafter. It's also mentioned that whoever has patience in the in this world, they will have uh, for, for them will be three hundred stages, and between each of the two stages in paradise, uh, between each of the two between each of these two stages, there will be uh, it's like as if it's between the heaven and the earth. So that's how great these people's paradise will be who have sabr in this world. It's related from Ibn Abbas anhu that Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said Man usiba bi musibatin Whoever is hit by a calamity, a difficulty fi malihi aw fi nafsihi Either in his wealth or in his, uh, in his self uh, Some physical problem, uh, health problem, right? Some disability, right? Fakatamaha And they conceal it So they don't make a big deal out of it They don't go around complaining about it Walam yashkuha li ahadin And they don't complain about it to anybody 
right? Now, the reason they're doing this is not because they just don't like to tell anybody anything, but they're doing it for the sake of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. They're doing this with an Islamic motive. And it, it's a spiritual motive that I don't want to do this because I know Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is is uh, behind all of this in the sense that he's knowledgeable about what's happening he knows what's happening and I want to make sabr so that I get this high reward in the hereafter so they don't complain to other people for that reason then it mentions that it is a right on Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that they, uh, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala forgives, forgives these people that, that's, that's the benefit of this Imam Suyuti relates a hadith in Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam mentions, he relates a number of hadith about the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam mentioning um, uh, the, the, the virtues for the people of patience. But there's, there's many hadith. What I would actually like to mention here is Alama Munawi, who is one of the commentators of the hadith. What he says, uh, based on these based on these narrations, is that there's nothing wrong with expressing your grief over something as long as it's not for for complaint purposes and where we understand that from is that the prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam in his final moments when he had that terminal illness he was saying wa ra'sa oh my head oh my head you know the 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 pain in the head wa ra'sa that's an arabic statement for that sa'ad radiyallahu anhu uh, when he was ill he he said, "Qad al which means that the pain is really severe. So he mentioned, he expressed the fact to uh, to Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam, "Ya Rasulullah, the pain is very severe." Aisha radiyallahu anha again she says, "Wa ra'sa, wa ra'sa, oh my head, my head, it's so hurting." You know, that is nothing wrong with that. It's just to tell the other person that look, I've got a headache, right, and it's hurting. Either make du'a for me, have some mercy on me, don't speak to me right now. The, you know, take it easy with me, relax. It's just ikhbar. It's just expression for that reason. It's not complaint, oh man, I've got a headache again. You know, it's just always happening to me. Why does it happen to me for, what, you know, what's wrong, this, that and the other. That's that's when it becomes problematic. But if a person is doing this purely for the sake of just telling somebody else when they need to tell somebody else, then then there's nothing wrong with doing that. Now, now the thing uh, to really understand is that what happens with many times when we have calamities is that we will always first after complaining we will find some solace some comfort from someone else or from something else and what that means is that we haven't done sabr from the initial stages but what we've done is we've only resorted to sabr after thinking over it and after trying to find solace from others crying over somebody else's shoulder and then we've tried to find patience afterwards. Essentially, we're resorting to patience sometimes because there's no other way. So imagine if something really bad happened to someone and they've tried every single way of try to, trying to come out of it, trying to relieve themselves of it, and they can't find any way to do it. Eventually, when, when they've tried everything, they've complained at every door, when they've used every resource that they've had and they can't find any solution for it, eventually they will think to themselves, well, you know, uh, then then it will hit them that oh this is from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and then they may have sabr at the end now that sabr is not as good as somebody who knows from right from the beginning look this is from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala let me let me deal with it in that way so that is what you call a sabr in the sadmatil ula 
The Prophet saw this woman in the graveyard who was really, really crying very emotionally. And she was kind of lost in that. The Prophet said, take it easy on yourself. She turned around and she said, how do you know how I feel? What do you know how I feel? You know, um, so she, she gave these reasons. So the Prophet then left her alone because she knew that she was in this very agitated state because of uh, whatever the loss. And she was not definitely not in a state of uh, enough consciousness to understand who she was speaking to and who was advising her. So he left her alone then. Later on, when she... Uh, realized what had happened somebody mentioned to her she came to seek pr uh, forgiveness from the Prophet ﷺ. she came to Rasulullah's house and the Prophet ﷺ said one thing to her he said a sabru in the sadmatil ula a sabr is at the beginning it's w at the initial stage the word sadma right it comes from sadama sadama means to hit something very hard right sadama means to literally bang into something that's what sadama means and that's why uh, you know Saddam Hussein Right, that's uh, Saddam in Arabic. That's a uh, you can you can say it's a ismul mubalagha, which means it's a very exaggerated sense of Saddam, right? Uh, an exaggerated sense of you know banging into something, and he was really like his name, right? Saddam Hussein, as such. But the word Sadma comes from the same thing. So uh, the, the Prophet is saying a sabr in the Sadma til ula, a very eloquent statement because sabr Sadma. Kind of similar wordings, right? Sad, sad, bara, and sad dal in the other one, and meme. So uh, uh, he's saying that sabr is at the initial attack, at the initial bang, right? At the initial effect. That's when the sabr should start from. Now, how is somebody going to have sabr from that stage? That's the question. Because we're all probably thinking to ourselves, right? That for us to have sabr and patience, and for this to, uh, you can say, this realization to hit us that this must be from Allah subhanahu wa taala. Obviously, when a, uh, when a calamity hits us, we must think through it. How did it happen? Why did it? Oh, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is behind it. The only reason it takes us that long, seriously, right? The only reason it takes us that long is because we're not so connected to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala where we immediately realize. It's like, for example, you've got somebody that really likes you, right? And you, you receive a gift from that. You, you receive a parcel from that. You know, you receive a parcel in the post. Will you know where that parcel comes from immediately, right? If you do, then you've got a very strong connection because you know the ways of that person, right? You know what they would send, you know where it's coming from. You know, imagine you've got a, a parcel came to you from Amazon, a delivery, right? And you immediately, you know where it's probably from. You don't have to think, hey, what's this going to be? What's this going to be? You open it and then you're like, where did this come from? There's no note in there, whatever. And then suddenly you get an email, did you receive my gift? Right. That means your connection isn't that great or it doesn't happen. You know, you're not really used to it. If we because calamities happen so frequently, we should be used to it by now that whenever a calamity hits, it's from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. We realize that and we make sabr right from the beginning. So it's something that has to be trained, especially if we're not so close to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And I think that's the test of it, isn't it? That's the test that immediately if we know that this is coming from Allah, so I need to make sabr. Now, sabr doesn't preclude the fact that we go and ask somebody for help if we need it. There, there, there is nothing wrong with that. That's exactly what sabr is for. You do sabr and then you ask, you know, you ask people for help. If you didn't ask anybody else for help and you're only focusing on Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for his help, then that's a higher stage. It's called rada bil qada. Or actually, no, that's just sabr and asking Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for help. There's another stage which is even beyond that where... There's not even any need to do patience because it goes beyond that to just be happy with the way Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala keeps us. So essentially, we've got different levels. One level is that uh, we are just about patient or we try to be patient or eventually we resort to patience, right? When something hits us 
although we should train ourselves to at least be patient right from the beginning that's the that's the first level the second level is that we're patient and we ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala well even in this first uh, first level it's the same thing we ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to remove this state from us right and we ask other people for help as well then the next level is that we don't ask anybody else for help we we don't re, uh, we, we don't um, voice anything to anybody else but we constantly just ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala we're only asking Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to remove the problem so we're making sabr in both of these stages but in the first stages we're also asking others along with having sabr but in the second stage we've got sabr and we're asking Allah to remove it because we're saying we can't really deal with this Right, I'd rather have well-being, which is completely fine. But there's a higher level to that as well, which I'm only mentioning it just for us to understand that there is a higher level. Because when you know that there's a, that, you know, the sky is the level as such, this is actually beyond the sky. But uh, when you understand that, then at least we can get even further in the first or the second level. And that is, as Fudayr ibn Iyal said, that that's a very difficult level. It's for the really, really high accomplished people. But there's nothing to stop us from becoming high accomplished as well. I know I sometimes speak a kind of in an underestimating way, but that, that's just, uh, you know, I'm just taking certain factors into, uh, you know, in, in, into consideration. But the real thing is that we mu- uh, is that the highest stage is where a person doesn't even ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to remove the problem. They're literally satisfied. Rida bil qada, as they say. They're totally satisfied with Allah's decree. So they know Allah is watching them and they're, they're willing to just go that way. And that's like Ibrahim being thrown into the fire, right? Uh, the angels are even coming here, coming to him to ask him that they will save him. And he's saying, no, Allah knows. Allah's watching. So why should I need to do anything? Allah's, well, he knows what's best for me. I'll leave it to him. That's what you call a very high level. It's obviously the level of the extremely pious and the prophets and the, and the messengers of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. But we do need to know that. And the way to do this uh, we need to at least have sabr right from the beginning and the way to do that is to know that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is watching us and all of these great rewards are given to us and that is inshallah what will train us for uh, for, for this Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala he says وَبَشِّرِ الصَّابِرِينَ give glad tidings to the people who do sabr الَّذِينَ إِذَا أَصَابَتُمْ مُصِيبَةٌ who, when a calamity hits them, قَالُوا إِنَّا لِلَّهِ وَإِنَّا إِلَيْهِ رَاجِعُونَ Immediately, the first thing that comes on their mouth is, we are for Allah, or they think this. Oh, we're for Allah. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala made us to start with. I mean, if He didn't make us, then we won't be here anyway. If He makes us, then this is all part of it. وَإِنَّا إِلَيْهِ رَاجِعُونَ We're going to go back to Him anyway. So even if this calamity doesn't, doesn't hit us, there's going to be a death that will overcome us, and we're going to get back to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala anyway. So we're all going to be returning to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. أُولَٰئِكَ عَلَيْهِمْ صَلَوَاتٌ مِّن رَبِّهِمْ وَرَحْمَةٌ Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, he, man, he just piles on the praise and the promises uh, for, for these people. He says, أُولَٰئِكَ عَلَيْهِمْ صَلَوَاتٌ On these people are the, the, the du'as, uh, the, the praises. Or on these people are the praises and the mercies of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala from the Lord. رَحْمَةٌ وَأُولَٰئِكَ هُمُ الْمُهْتَدُونَ Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala praises these people. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala helps these people. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentions all of these great things for these people and He gives them mercy. And these are the people humul muhtadun. They are the guided ones. The guided ones, the reason they're guided is because they know what to do. Because half the problems that arise in this world is when a calamity hits a person and they don't know what to do. I mean, look at the depression that's out there. Why is the depression there? Because there's no patience. Right? If a person had patience and they knew what the issue was and where it's coming from and what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala wants them to do, if they had a religion and if they had belief in that religion and they knew what to do in that religion, half your depression would go. I, I guarantee you there's people probably sitting here today who have depression of some sort or the other. 
your depression will go, go and read. There, there are books about the Sabirin, right? There are books about the people who are patient, right? Read the stories of these people and read about the rewards that they get. Believe me, for a person who's got depression, for a person who has a calamity, there is nothing, nothing, absolutely nothing better than religion for them. And the reason is that it gives them, and Islam gives them that ability to see what's after the veil, what's after this uh, this veil that we're supposed to go through between this world and the next world. When we understand that this world is a temporary place where these kind of things will happen, and the hereafter is the real place where none of these things will happen, and we'll be rewarded for the patience we have in this world, then they will realize that the difficulties in this world will become easier. A person will be able to negotiate them, and I think that's. That's the main message today. Because such people are in the sight of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, uh, the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam mentioned a number of things. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, وَاصْبِرْ لِحُكْمِ رَبِّكَ فَإِنَّكَ بِأَعْيُنِنَا Be patient, persevere on the commands of your Lord because فَإِنَّكَ بِأَعْيُنِنَا You are right in front of us. You are in our vision. We're watching you. So, uh, be patient in persevering over the commands of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala on the commands of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and because we are watching you and if Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is watching someone you can you can imagine that he's going to look after them because Allah wishes the best for us and at the end of the day the final point is that patience is the basis of every worship and the reason why patience is the basis of every worship is because in every worship that there is it starts off with difficulty. And the reason why it starts off with difficulty is that, for example, getting up for Fajr on a cold morning, the water doesn't come out hot. You have to make wudu, right? Go out to the masjid if you're going to the masjid. You have to make sure that you're covered properly if you're a woman, for example. If you're a man as well, you have to be covered in a particular way. You can't do certain things. Other people are doing it around you. There's great room for sabr in non-Muslim countries. And that's why, inshallah, the rewards will be higher as well. But the, that's why the ulama mentioned that a sabr is aslu kulli ibadah, which means it's the foundation, it's the basic principle, it's the, you can say, the root of every worship because you need sabr to do worship. You need sabr to avoid haram because it's sabr of over yourself, right? It's sabr and uh, controlling yourself uh, to not do the bad thing. It's sabr and controlling yourself to make sure you do the right thing. And then the other sabr is of... Uh, Dealing with calamities. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala make, uh, may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant us well-being. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant us well-being. But if we are in any kind of difficulty, then may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala relieve that difficulty from us. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala make it easy for us. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala give us the guidance and the tawfiq to have patience in the right way, in the best way possible. Wa akhiru da'wana alhamdulillahi rabbil alameen.